What's going on, guys? It's Mohammed, the host of Aware Alpha. And welcome to episode 84, 85. It'll be one of those episodes. And just want to say I'm feeling super grateful, super excited. And today we have another special guest on the show. And I'm super excited to have a conversation with her and pick her brain and just to see uh, what we can take away from her. And I'm also just super, super grateful for all the feedback that I am getting from all the listeners that are listening to all the previous episodes and all the guests that I've brought onto the show uh, these last couple of months. And it's only more uh, inspiring, more fuel for me uh, to do more of these interviews and continue to just follow my heart when I find these guests and whether it's on social media, uh, whether it's someone that I met through just networking in the physical world, uh, I'm just super excited that I'm following my heart and letting my heart make these decisions. So with that being said, today's guest, she goes by the name of Kema. She's a quantum business coach. And from based on the things that I've heard, I'm super excited to ask some questions and dive deep with her. So with that being said, Kema, welcome to the Aware Alpha podcast. Thank you so much. It's such a gift to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. Really excited to have this conversation with you. I love it. I'm glad you're just as excited and you're grateful for it as well. Um, <laughs> just a question that comes off the top of my head. And I'm very curious to know, because I was watching something on your Instagram, um, where do limiting beliefs come from? Oh, such a great question. So <laughs> limiting beliefs, are they primarily, you know, from those ripe ages of zero to seven, I like to think of us coming into this world like a sponge. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. when you come into the world like this sponge, you know, we're looking around us to really formulate our sense of identity. What am I doing here? You know, and, and a lot of that obviously comes from observing our parents or those that are primary caretakers, mm. you know, really society at large. We're just th this open sponge to really receive and, and create that identity through our belief system. So our beliefs can, you know, come through our DNA, through our genetics. They can come through, as I've expressed, those ripe ages of zero to seven. Mm -hmm. And, and they can come through, you know, what we're taught, mm -hmm. you know, those belief systems that we're taught, and they can also come through our observance and they can come through our own experience and the meaning that we've given to that experience. Mm -hmm. So let's just say, you know, one of the, like, uh, name a common limiting belief or a limiting belief that you might have. Uh, pretty much, I'm not good enough, you know, for anything. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's been the biggest one. It's really funny. I just did. I've just um, been on one with the I'm not enough. So let's just cycle back to, you know, those ripe ages of zero to seven. While it, this could have definitely come in at a later time, yeah. typically there are experiences. Now, a lot of the time when we are coming out of the womb as our unique being that we are, mm -hmm. we pretty immediately realize once we get a sense for things that, wow, my unique true nature is not going to necessarily get me the love, the attention, the affection that I deserve. Mm -hmm. And so we learn that maybe certain personality traits or um, certain aspects of our emotional beingness or 
quirks or you know whatever whatever that may be that wow me being who I really am is not allowing me to receive again that that love that I desire Mm -hmm. and so let's just say that that could be a cumulative that could be little experiences that happen where your younger self says wow, I'm not enough as I am. Mm. And that could also be maybe a, a really like embarrassing experience that you had, like when you started going to school or something that was so you know shocking to your system, like maybe you got made fun of on the playground for something mm. and your younger self says, wow, that must mean I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. I'm not likable. I'm stupid or whatever the, whatever the, the definitions or the meanings are that we gave to that experience. And so then here we go in our, and we create these beliefs that say, wow, I am not enough Hmm. amongst a variety of other, of other beliefs. And so what tends to then happen is our body computer stores these beliefs. The way that we are programmed to work is that okay, then our beliefs are then worked with our ego to create our identity. Mm. And whether it's a limiting belief or a belief that actually serves our highest good, the way that we are set up is that that which we perceive and then attract in our external reality will come in to validate that belief to be true. So Mm -hmm. we have the experience or a string of experiences that create that belief or then affirm that belief. And then we go out into the world and we continue to attract experiences or perceive experiences to say to ourselves, yes, that belief is still true. That belief is still true until we come in And luckily in this day and age, we're even at the point where we can have a conscious exchange with our beliefs and rewrite them, recode them, reprogram them. So really they're our operating system until we realize, hey, this isn't serving me anymore. And this is keeping me back from what I'm really desiring in this lifetime because, you know, I am not enough, even though let's just say that was created way back when let's just say you're wanting to take that next like leap in your business. And then you have that belief saying, but you're not enough. Remember all of these reasons and all of these situations, all these experiences that, that prove that to be true. And then you're, then you kind of, we can get caught in these loops, Mm. um, keeping us from what we're really truly capable of creating, manifesting, embodying, um, in our, in this lifetime. So Mm. No, that's awesome. I love how you explained that. And my next question, actually, I have two questions, but let's just go with the first one. So now let's say one becomes aware of these limiting beliefs. They start to realize like, okay, yeah, you know what? Like all these thoughts that I have, these are just limiting beliefs and this is not actually true. And it's not like, it's not the honest answers. So what is the process that one could take to start healing or, you know, changing these limiting beliefs and let's just focus on the I'm not good enough I'm not pretty enough I'm not handsome enough all these kind of um, beliefs limiting beliefs yeah so there's a few there's a few different ways um what I would say one is like realizing that and having the awareness that the limiting belief exists is the first step Mm -hmm. I would say you can do 
inner child regression and healing Mm -hmm. to actually, you know, I always say like your past is not written in stone. Mm -hmm. And so you can actually, and this is like really a lot, a lot of the one-on-one work that I facilitate is where we actually go back in time, you know, and the quantum time doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And we meet that version of you who started to believe that that was true. And we bring in a new dynamic. We bring, and so it's like an um, energetic alchemy that's able to occur when you are able to bring your now self and what you know to be true, the awareness that you have about beliefs, the awareness that you have about the truth of your being. And you get to bring that in and support the inner child you who, who did not have that awareness mm-hmm. and meet that part of you because they created that belief in an effort to keep you safe. Right. If I create this belief, then then it will keep me safe in the future, even though, in essence, the limiting beliefs are not really keeping us safe. Right. As we know, they're keeping us small. They're keeping us stuck. Mm -hmm. And so what I find is having that exchange with the inner child and affirming. Thank or thank you for creating Mm -hmm. this. Thank you for doing what you felt was the best for Mm -hmm. me to keep me safe. And and we no longer need this. Mm. We no longer need this. You are a whole beautiful, worthy, etc. being and really anchoring that in. And what I find is that in those experiences, you can actually witness your inner child shifting and changing mm. and kind of then allowing for that to ripple through your timeline. And it will create this experience of, wow, what, a, you know, up until this point, if I had been living in the embodiment of the truth that I am infinitely worthy, capable, capable enough, beautiful, et cetera. Wow. What, what would that experience have been like? Mm, no, so that, that. that's really, that's one of the fun ways I like to do it. The, um, the, uh, the and, and really honing in on, you know, what is that? Like what I have found is that even with clients who have done subconscious reprogramming work, because you can do subconscious reprogramming also through meditation, Mm -hmm. through listening to like binaural beats, getting yourself into, you know, particular brainwave states that allows your, your subconscious to become again, really spongy so that it, it can be recoded, so to speak. Sometimes what I find is with clients that do that route, without the inner child piece, they, they get, they still get caught in the loop because there's a part of them that still doesn't inherently feel safe. Mm. And these beliefs, even though they're not serving them is keeping them safe from like the vulnerability or that would come from showing up as their true whole embodied self. I love that. I love that you mentioned inner child work. I'm a big fan of it. Uh, you know, I started probably two years ago. And it's interesting that through just inner child work, doing that work, it was more for just healing childhood trauma and everything like that. But I ended up actually getting to a point where I started to heal like uh, money limiting beliefs that I had about money. And the more closer I got, the deeper my relationship got with my inner child, uh, the more my income started to rise and the more I started to thrive in my life overall, right? Um, I'm curious, actually, how did you get into this space? Like, how did you get into this work where now you're teaching others, uh, let's, you know, inner child work and limiting beliefs and uh, really helping people, you know, consciously 
become, you know, great manifestors, I feel, you know, and really writing uh, the reality of their lives and really, you know, being the main actor of their um, movie, I like to call this life, right? Uh, yeah. But I'm curious, yeah, like what, what made you get into the space? Like what, how did you just, you know, because I know it wasn't just one, like especially in academics, they go to school, right? And then they're like, okay, I'll be a doctor. And what I love about interviewing guests like you is that it wasn't like, okay, I'm going to be this uh, teaching. No, it's like you probably experienced something that led you to discovering things yourself. And then you decide to have a passion for it and teach it probably, right? But please, yeah, yeah definitely share your story. I'd love to hear how you got to where you are today and what led you to where you are today. Sure, sure. And just one last piece to reflect on the, the subconscious reprogramming. I don't want to leave it hanging because there is just this one last little piece there, yes. which is like what I have found really helpful. And for those that are listening that are desiring to reprogram hmm. to kind of bridge the worlds of, you know, inner child healing, subconscious reprogramming, being in that meditative state to real life you know, reality yeah. is to look like a firm at the end of each day, proof of the new belief, mm. proof of the new belief. So like, look, so for just for an example, and I'll keep this brief, but I am not enough. Okay. The new belief is I am infinitely enough. I am a, you know, an, an infinite creator being you get to look at, wow, like what did I experience throughout the day? And even just, maybe you just had a moment sitting out in the sun and you were, you, it just dawned on you. Wow. I'm so enough in this moment. Life is so enough in this moment. Mm. Or perhaps you had something reflect back to you, you know, in your, your podcast. Wow. Look at that. Mm. Look at how enough I am. Like, look at what I've been able to really provide for others. So mm. every single day listing off and reaffirming that mm. for yourself or for anyone that's listening. Well, that's yeah. For sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I always find because bridging the, you know, those, the non-physical world with the physical, I find to be, you know, that sometimes that missing link. So I wanted to throw that in there. So as far as my journey, you know, great question. Um, we could definitely spend a long time there, but uh, I would say in a, in a nutshell, you know, I would say from an early age, I was incredibly intuitive and, and knew that I wasn't going to have a traditional path. Mm. I was, you know, exposed to um, different spiritual practices. I was exposed to meditation, things at a very young age and, and, and realized, you know, I would say probably in my early twenties, by the time I was 23, you know, I had gone to college and thought that I was going to do something very opposite from, uh, you know, spirituality or intuitive work for a variety of reasons. And it was just so clear to me that, that, that this was going to be my path. It was always something that I was so incredibly interested in and all of the books that I read, you know, like that was just, I loved expanding my mind. Uh, I loved learning about subtle energy and yeah, then when I was in my early 20s, I was living in New York City at the time and, and decided to do my first Reiki training. Mm. And from that, there was a very like synchronistic moment when I signed up for my first 
Reiki training, the job that I had at the time, which was actually in the music industry, my hours got cut in half, like within 30 minutes of me signing up. And so I just knew in that moment that things were shifting. And I said to myself at that time, okay, when, you know, when I get, when I get laid off, I'm going to work at a yoga studio. And that was, and that was really what happened. And from there, my, yeah, my journey started with, with Reiki and yoga. And then I was, from that point on, I was running my own business. Mm. So from there, um, let's see, from there, I ended up, you know, when I moved out to California, and this was about eight-ish years ago, I opened up my own healing space. And so at that time, my work was primarily working with people in client sessions, one-on-one doing, you know, hands-on energy healing work. And a big focus point of my business was on crystal healing as well. From there, it, you know, things just, we just expanded and expanded and expanded. And I think a lot to do with my, you know, work with, with people one-on-one with my work with crystals, understanding the, the unseen non-physical realms to an exponential degree. Mm. And within that coming to understand how we can really work and play with them to create our reality. Mm. I would say, you know, as that, you know, as that went on, it was, it was really an intu- intuition that has led each iteration and each expansion of my business and my offerings. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like this ripple effect up until now where it's like no more, no more holding back. You know, I think that there has been come, become very clear to me that we are these powerful co-creators mm-hmm. that I, I think that it just took me really owning that as a truth and owning that as a truth within the expression of my business, because there can be a lot of objections. And I feel like I have come to a place and the limiting belief aspect is such a big part of it, where I know now how to handle the objections within those that I'm working with. So I no longer, it's no longer just, you are the co-creator of your reality and you know, it's like, oh, there's a, there's a real depth to this. And there's a real depth as to why we are not already living in the conscious truth that that is who and what we are. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm definitely, I, I like to say, I'm proud of you for following your heart and following your intuition, because, you know, that is a hard work or, and a lot of awareness and belief in yourself to do that when the world and everything around us, environment, family, culture is trying to take you away from following your intuition and following your heart, right? So I'm definitely proud of you for that. And so a thought that comes to my mind when it comes to uh, limiting beliefs about money. Uh, first of all, I feel like, you know, a lot of us are not really even aware about that we have limiting beliefs. You know, everybody wants to have this amazing business. Everybody wants to be making $10,000 a month. And they just think the recipe is the next business, the next coach. And they're just trying to work hard. They're trying to work hard. In your experience, how much of, you know, manifesting the desired income that we want is on an energetic level? And how much of it is really just the physical stuff that we're doing? I'm curious to hear Uh, your thoughts on that. Great question. I mean, energetics always come first. And the reason why energetics come first is because 
it's truly an inside inside work play yeah. first. Mm. Uh, it's an embodiment first. And I feel like, sure, can you make money from the outside in and following the old way and do, 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 work, 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 struggle, struggle, struggle? Yeah. Absolutely. But we are in a new time. And I feel like it's becoming even more clear, you know, even when in within my, like my business, you know, you take, it, it can be so easy to, for anyone to get caught up in the outside in game, you know, one scroll on Instagram, we, it can leave us like feeling us, uh, pulling us out of our body and yeah. grasping and saying, well, how do I get that? I want that. And that will never be the heart centered way that will never be the way that feels really good and authentic when you actually create it or you actually have it. Because what I found is that, you know, working with people at, with, at so many different financial brackets, it doesn't matter how much money you're making if you do not feel good mm. in the creation and in the having of it. It yeah. doesn't matter how much is in your bank account. The It is an illusion that money is going to give us the ultimate feelings that we want. They, it can give us the objects. It can give us like the, the freedom of spending, but that does not mean that we're going to feel free. Mm-hmm. And so that is really at the core. I feel like the, the money comes yes not just through aligning with energetics once you have the energetics aligned once you embody and get to know the feelings that you're actually believing that money is going to bring you that comes first Mm -hmm. then comes the aligned action as to how you desire to serve Mm -hmm. this planet you know it's but it can't, it's got to come from in here first is, and that to me is the, the energetics and the embodiment of what you are actually desiring. Mm, you mentioned something. Uh, so the feelings of what that money going to bring. Uh, mm-hmm. So you mean in a sense of like, well, actually you, you do the work where you become aware, like, okay, I want $10,000 a month. Okay. Why do you want this $10,000 a month? Like what feeling is it that I'm looking for? And let's say the feeling is that like, I want to feel, you know, like uh, well off and I have the things that I'm looking for in life and everything I need. Now you want to start embodying and feeling that feeling way before it shows up in the physical world. Is that what you're saying? Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Beautifully said. And, you know, for, for that, that feeling, okay, I want to feel taken care of. Mm. It's like, okay, drop in. What does, what is that feeling of being taken care of? What, what is that? Like, Mm -hmm. what is that feeling, you know, to feel nourished, to feel supported Mm -hmm. uh, all, you know, to feel uh, freedom is such a big one, Mm -hmm. you know, to feel, to feel stability. Okay. So what I, what I'm finding, you know, is that just in this moment, I, I said the words, we tuned in for just a minute and we could feel the waves of those feelings coming in. Now here, it's not just about then, okay, this is what I'm desiring to feel taken care of. That's at the top of my list because for someone, for someone else, depending on their life story, they could be desiring, you know, another core. I always say like, boil it down to five core feelings that you, that you believe that the external money is going to give you. Yeah. 
And then start to tune into them frequentially in that feeling sense first. And then, then there, here comes the level of personal responsibility. If I'm desiring money to take care of me, hmm, where am I not taking care of me? Mm. Or where can I take better care of me before the money comes? Because money is, it's, I think of it as a reflector and as an amplifier. Mm. So when then the money comes, it gets to amplify the the ways that you're already taking care of yourself it knows where to go it knows how to flow it is not the money that is going to make you start taking care of yourself Mm -hmm. you know and but even though that's what we've been we've been conditioned to believe no that's so true so now like let's say somebody's listening to the podcast and then i go wow damn i guess i might have some you know limiting beliefs about money and what's the what's the practical thing one can do to start becoming aware of you know is there limiting beliefs that's you know like that's running me is that the reason why i haven't got the ten thousand dollars a month uh the five whatever it is you know i use ten thousand dollars a month as an example so how could somebody start becoming aware of what limiting beliefs are influencing their decisions and running their life like what's some things that they can do on a practical level Sure. So I mean, in terms of the relationship with money, it can be, it can be really an interesting one because there can be this desire for more money. We are our higher, you know, in our higher awareness, we can say, yeah, of course I deserve that. Of course that is what I desire. And, and then of course, then we have these underlying beliefs that are telling a different story and are telling a different story, even about what it would mean to have money. Because again, one part of us can be saying, oh, I desire this. And the other side of us can say, you know, rich people are bad. Like, yeah. remember all of these, like, look at all of the, this, the way that money is being portrayed in our society. Yeah. I don't want to become that. And so right away, you're just kind of, you want to set yourself up for your own unique fullest expression in your relationship with money. Mm. Now, what I would say would be a great place to start is to... Think about money as though you were in a relationship with it, Mm. as though it were a romantic partner. Mm. And you get to have money, like like take a moment to journal, Mm. journal about this. And what would money say about being in relationship with you? Mm. That's good. So, and this is, this is a really fascinating exercise because you just notice, wow, they don't really pay very much attention to me. Mm. They act like I don't exist Mm. or they, they like really strangle and hold on to me or they're, they're really stressing me out or Mm. so on and so forth. And so it's a great way to look at, wow, well, if this is what my relationship is with money, why is money going to want to be in my life? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and this, so it it starts to bring in some insight around, wow. Okay. So then I look at this letter I look at what money is saying about me and then you tune in, how can I start to heal and repair this relationship with money Mm. and treat it as though I am in relationship to it. Mm. That said, what I find is really insightful about this exercise as well. Money being that reflector is that it reflects back to us potentially the areas again with our relationship to ourselves. Just as you said, you started doing the work with your inner child, and mm-hmm. it reflected in money coming in. 
this is the real magic because then you realize, wow, am I, is my relationship to myself, is that what this is reflecting Mm -hmm. or potentially something I didn't get from my parents or one of my parents? It's, and so it starts to reflect like why, why the money is reflecting back to you, this relationship, but then it's within each and every one of our power to, to heal that. So that could be, wow, what does my wallet even look like? Or how am I keep taking care of my money? Am I looking at my bank accounts? You know, even just, and I, you know, I'm leading a class right now. That's all about this, all about money energetics. And there is such a big piece. And I know for myself for years, even checking my bank account, it was not even in my, my realm of interest, you know, and not even not in my realm of interest. If I had to look at my bank account, I would be like barely looking and like doing things really fast and it would create anxiety and all of these different things. Mm. That's not an intimate connection, you know? And I, if I'm honest, it was reflecting the relationship that I had with myself at that time, you know, and and the way that, that, that whole, that whole reflection was going down. So, but in time when, you know, the more that I feel the relationship that I have with myself then comes in, okay, I can have a greater intimacy with my relationship with money. I can, whether or not I'm even like recording my finances, just sitting with the numbers that are in my bank account, treating it as a conscious entity, everything that I spend money on, allowing that to be a conscious exchange, thinking about money, speaking about money in a loving way, Mm. just as you would a romantic partner. So, and it's, and you know, and it's very interesting. I used to say, well, I'll just check my bank account, you know, two times a week. And, and then it dawned on me, well, would I want just attention from a partner two times a week? Like that, that relationship wouldn't work out. Yeah. And so it starts to create that level of care. It creates that level of intimacy, level of trust. Mm. It lets the money know how it's going to circulate and flow. Mm. It knows that where it's going to go in, it knows where it's going to be held. It It knows where it's going to go. So where, where is your money going? Mm. You know, are you, when you're paying for your groceries, are you checked out somewhere or are you conscious and a part of that exchange? Mm. Or do you, you know, do you, uh, do you even like, when you look at your credit card statement, there were times where I'd be like, I don't know what that one is. I don't know, (laughs) you know? And, and so to be able to create those rituals that Mm. says that, yes, I'm in an empowered relationship with my money and I know exactly where it's going. And that allows money to be able to have that structure so it can flow. Yeah, I know. That's amazing. I love the way you explained all that. I was actually, as you were talking, I was like literally thinking about, you know, I'm like, if I was in a relationship with my money, what would my money be saying to me? And like, I was getting happier and happier because I was like, my money would be like, you're amazing. I love the way you spend me. I love the way you invest me. I love the way you are aware where I come from and where I'm going. And like, I was like, I was, I was getting happier and happier. The more that you were saying, I'm like, okay, it sounds like my relationship is good. Like that where me and money are having a good relationship. I love that exercise because thinking about intimate yeah like like if you are in an intimate relationship with money how would money be feeling about you and how would you be feeling about money like that is just such a that's so good like i think that's i i think we could almost like charge for that part of it <laughs> yeah i know exactly yeah that is that is rich super rich and what you just said to to reflect back as well what not only what money 
feels about you, but what you feel about money is obviously another key piece. Because, and that's the one that I find will often reflect what we didn't receive from our parents. Mm. And not to, again, like go into victim of this happened to me, but just in terms of once that uh, awareness comes through, you realize too, like what you're actually being called to give to yourself. Yeah. You know, like I'm afraid, like I, I often, you know, when you think about money, wow, you know, I've worked with clients. I'm afraid that you're going to leave me. I'm, you know, I'm afraid that you're never going to come in. I'm afraid that, you know, all of these things. And, mm. and when you actually look back, like, oh, what is this relationship reflecting? So yeah, mm. it's definitely a, a two-way street, both of which offer really rich uh, insight. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I love, uh, yeah, I, I love that. Like I almost want, I might actually journal on that after because like, I, I think that's so good. Um, so for yourself, so when you work with clients, what is exactly most of your uh, work involved? Because I think when I was looking on your uh, Instagram, there is a, uh, like a program that you have. Uh, I'm curious to hear more on that. Like, what is it exactly that you work with? Obviously you're, you're, you have certifications in Reiki and a couple of things, right? But your yeah. main program or your main course, or like what is it exactly that um, you do and like who are the type of people that you usually work with? Sure. So my, I would say my core offerings are my single one-off sessions that, you know, are basically working with individuals, primarily, uh, primarily conscious business owners. Mm. I also have a 12-week mentorship program where I work with, again, mostly conscious-minded business owners, entrepreneurs. Yeah for 12 weeks, specifically working on their relationship with their, with their business, their business yeah. growth. But of course, all of the underlying energetics, because I've realized that so many programs are just focusing on, let's just say the strategy, or like you were saying, the external, um, the doing, and you can do that as long as you want. But especially if you're an intuitive being, and you know that you're here to really make a difference, you'll never feel that true fulfillment. Yeah. Um, so the underlying energetics and, and weaving in the healing component um, is huge. And then I have Quantum Money Mastery, which is my group program, mm. which we're just about wrapping up um, this last um, rendition of. Mm. And this is really, um, I would say, a multi-dimensional approach to healing one's relationship with money. And again, everyone in the group is either a you know a conscious-minded business owner, entrepreneur, or an aspiring conscious-minded you know business owner, entrepreneur. You don't have to be to mm -hmm. to be a part of that group course at all. You're going to um, it's going to benefit you regardless. It can definitely be of the highest and equal service to anyone. Mm -hmm. And so, really, the the multidimensional approach was you know coming from my own journey everything that, you know, I've gone through, I've learned in order to come into a healthy and empowered relationship with money. And then really the, the structure of the course was a channeled creation. It was something that just wanted to come through me. Mm. So there, there it was. And it's, it, it has a little bit of everything. It has obviously the component of limiting beliefs. It has a component of ancestral healing, of working with the spirit realm to heal one's relationship with money, inner child, shadow work, mm. really every single like multifaceted lens that you could approach mm -hmm. money. 
Um, given that we are multidimensional creatures and money is a, you know, is one dimensional, mm. you know, that, that it allows us to really, again, it's about coming back home. It's about deepening the relationship with oneself mm. through a variety of different, you know, practices, deep dives, transmissions. Mm. Uh, yeah. So it's really bridging, it's really bridging worlds and, and allowing for, I just find a very holistic approach Mm, I love that. And you know, it's interesting. It's the first time I'm actually thinking about it. Uh, like, I feel like uh, something clicked for me just now. Um, so I have, you know, it's been four or five years now, 2019, when I got out of a 10 day Sally meditation retreat, and pretty much just started, it was one of those before and after moments of my life, started a lot of, you know, therapy, inner child work, I started with, you know, just a lot of just pretty much I, I had a lot of childhood trauma, right? Uh, so I started with shadow work. I started, and then a year, two years into that, you know, a lot of journaling and a lot of crying and a lot of just healing and processing emotions to, which led to uh, ego work. And then I started to do that for, you know, six months or so. And then that started the inner child work. And it's interesting just now, as you were talking, um, I was like, wow, like my income as, you know, since, four or five years, it's like almost quadrupled in these last four or five years. And I had never really connected the dots till just now where my question is, how important is it for someone that desires, you know, a, like, a ten, like a good, like financial freedom, you know, financial stability, uh, a, a good business for themselves? How important do you think it is uh, to heal childhood trauma, of course, you know, all that work in our child shadow, ego work, all that stuff. How important is it to heal our childhood trauma in order to achieve, you know, that desired income, that, that life that we really want. And you could say that it has nothing to do with it. You could make millions of dollars without healing your childhood trauma. I'll totally understand that. But I'm curious to hear from you, especially working with conscious business owners, how important would you say it is to heal all parts of ourselves in order to achieve that desired lifestyle we're looking for. Yeah, I feel like the, you know, the life that we're looking for, I think is the, the key piece. And because obviously we know that we can, any, you know, we can make a lot of money not focusing on any kind of inner healing mm -hmm. and, but does that feel very good? Mm. You know, for me, it's been a direct reflection, but that does not mean, you know, I think that sometimes we can even overdo and think that, oh, I have to have everything healed in order to take that next step in my business to, you know, show up as my full self, you know, in my life, in my work, whatever that may be. Mm. So I don't want to, you know, say it as, it's this necessity mm. as a, you know, because I don't want that to even be a limiting factor, yeah, yeah. but, but I do feel that yes, all of these components are, are hugely in relationship with us, not only making money, but being able to hold it, being able to invest it, being able to receive it. Mm because there are all of these components, especially, you know, if you've experienced childhood trauma mm. and, you know, this is something that I can relate to. I, you know, you, you can often not have a fundamental trust in 
the world in yeah. others and what does that trust do it makes you also need to protect need to always feel safe and so you don't want to let anything in <laughs> never mind money mm. and so so for me the the inner work and as you expressed it seems the same has directly impacted how money can flow in and out of your life with greater ease and the inner work I find is what allows us to feel more safe within our own body, more trusting in our own self. Mm. And what that leads to is confidence, is embodied presence, is like the motivation and the inspiration and the excitement to show up and to share our unique gifts with the world and to be of service. If the if that stuff, you know, I've certainly, um, you know, when I, when I started in my early twenties, I was still, you know, going, you know, going through so much stuff. And even now there's still stuff to go through. So there's never again, like you've got to have it all healed in order to do anything, but it's more about the, I find the quality of your life. My life has the quality has dramatically improved. Mm. I mean, and it only continues to the more that I care for my inner world. Mm. I love that. No, it's, you definitely said it perfectly. I feel like healing is a lifelong journey, right? So you're never truly healed. Um, so it's exactly, you don't want, we don't want to set those uh, limiting beliefs here saying that you have to be fully healed before you can make that money. And necessarily, you can still make that a lot of money without healing that inner child or inner doing that inner work, uh, just personally from my experience, and also just having um, some very in, in, in money currency, having a lot of wealthy friends in my circle, something that I've experienced, and even myself, you know, I'm 32 now, but my early 20s, before the inner work started, I was able to achieve some financial success. And from so my, from my personal opinion, I believe that without the inner work, doesn't matter how much money you truly make, you will always, always feel empty, some way, somehow, and you will continue just assume, okay, I got to make another 10 million. I got to make another 10 million. And if you don't actually do the inner work or even take that time to be like, okay, maybe it's not more money that I want. Like maybe something else is going on and I must just really you know, guide and look and listen and see if there's something else that I need to do to feel fulfilled because this like the money is not doing it. And that's just my personal opinion, right? I'm no, uh, I'm just a 32 year old, you know, there's uh, living this life in this physical world right now uh, in this suit that I'm wearing the physical body. Uh, but from my experience, I have noticed that, that, that if we don't do the inner work, uh, you will always feel empty some way, somehow, and not feel, not fully be fulfilled. And it's not the money that can bring that, uh, fill that cup there. It's actually, the inner work and some of us you know don't really might have just grown up in a very good family mom and dad did love us you know very well uh, but still we all are carrying some kind of um trauma some kind of you know that requires some kind of uh, paying attention to it just paying attention you know just going back and seeing those first seven years old what really happened and how that has influenced me and shaped me into the adult that I am, right? Uh, just personal opinion, that's what I feel. Um, 
So yeah, no, I love everything you just shared. Like this last, you know, 45 minutes, I feel like the audience is going to take a lot away and it's, it's definitely, um, even the work that you're doing, I love that you have, you know, just, you know, followed your intuition and followed your heart, because I think, I believe that everyone should do that. Everybody should, you know, follow their intuition, be brave enough to follow their intuition. Uh, a question that comes to my mind is that when we first start to get into this journey of following our hearts and following our journey, uh, our uh, intuition, uh, it's hard to separate which one is the heart and intuition and which one is fear talking. So how would you suggest or what is, you know, your thoughts for someone to be able to separate those things, you know, where like, um, you know, like this thoughts coming, this decision is coming, like I should quit this job or I should leave this person. I should join this organization. Yet, how can I tell which one is my intuition talking and which one is it actually just fear talking? Yeah. So this is a great question. And this is something I've pondered, you know, for a long time. And a few things that I've come to with this one is, you know, fear is driven by the ego and Mm -hmm. the ego will always act as though it knows. Mm -hmm. And so I call it sometimes the intuition ego snowball where you're, you know, your intuition said one thing and then your ego said the other. And And then you start to, you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And you realize if you just step back and you say, I don't know, the truth Mm. will will emerge. Uh. Now that that said, looking at, if you take a moment to look at the motivation behind the choice or the action. So this takes, yes, a level of self-inquiry and contemplation, but what is, what is driving my desire Mm. even for more money Mm. or what is driving my desire to grow my business? What is driving my desire, whatever that is to, to have a, a relationship or whatever it is in your life. And if it's coming from, and if you get really honest, it's coming from, well, I don't have enough or look at what those other people are doing or whatever it may be. It doesn't mean that the the choice or the action is necessarily wrong. The desire is wrong, right? Your desire to to grow and expand your business. But this is what brings you back into your power because the individual then gets to claim, okay, I'm going to move through all of these limiting beliefs that I can see are in the way from this being a really pure heart-centered exchange, a really pure heart-centered choice or action. Mm. So, so it just, it does take a little slowing down and, and an opportunity to really listen and get honest with oneself about what are those voices that are coming up and about what the, the underlying motivation is for that choice. Mm. Interesting. And, and again, anything that is giving your power away, thinking that something else is going to make you feel a certain way or is going to solve your problems or is going to, yeah, make you feel more worthy, more lovable, more likable, whatever it is, money, job, relationship, house, et cetera, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that those things are bad, but this is that opportunity to say, wow, first mm-hmm. I am whole and complete. Can, can I come back to my heart mm. 
And that's and that's when we know, oh, now I'm coming from a place that's whole and complete. And I want to des- I desire to grow my business, not because not from a place of lack, but from a place of who I get to serve, mm. the impact I get to make. And what is that impact? So again, it's coming from the inside out. Mm. And that is what gets to really fuel uh, one's choices and one's actions rather than again, like, is this a is this an outside in? And for intuition, sometimes those sparks uh, can be confusing. Wow, I just, but typically sparks of excitement, things that light you up, things that feel really expansive, tuning into, I always say like, tune into your yes and into your no. Mm. What does that yes feel like? When something has been a yes in your life, what did that feel like in your body? How did you know that it was a yes? Like without question, something was the no, how did you know that? What did that feel like? You know, was it contracted? Did it feel dense, etc.? And so when you start to tune into energy, when you tune into feeling, you, you build it like a muscle mm-hmm. and you better get to know, oh, this is, you know, this is, this is my heart. This is my ego, or this is fear. Mm. And with intuition, again, we can get more and more refined because there are layers of why we would potentially be more resonant with one choice rather than another based on where we are in our growth, in our evolution. And so it doesn't mean always that, and this is what our ego wants. Our ego wants our intuition to be 100% right in the way that it wants it to be. Mm-hmm. It wants it to say, well, okay, if this is the, if I'm going to follow my intuition, it's got to look like this. Mm-hmm. This has to be the outcome. And it like strangles the, the purity of that calling. So it just takes it like another layer deeper that, okay, I am following my intuition, but it's if, if, I, if it doesn't turn out the way that my ego wants it to be or is projecting into my future, that mm-hmm. doesn't make me wrong. Because often our intuition is leading us to something for a completely different outcome than what our ego thought it should be. Mm, no that's good i like that that's interesting i feel like i could take some uh some uh, notes on that yeah it's, uh, yeah that's a big one that's, that's a big one yeah no for sure because like it's interesting right like we naturally have these thoughts these negative thoughts that are always running us so now it's like following your heart and your intuition it can become so confusing for someone super early on because they're like well, I've been following my heart all my life, but no, you actually been following these limiting thoughts and these negative beliefs that that's not your heart. And it sounds like, you know, one of the best ways to follow your heart and your intuition is to slow down, to be more, right? And we live in a world where it's doing, 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 right? And it's like, no, it takes time, you know, introspection and sitting with yourself, you know, whether it's meditation, like with yourself, spend time with your thoughts, you know, pay attention. And I think the more you pay attention, the more you will be able to get in touch with that inner voice, which is also, you know, I, it's another word for intuition, I believe. Uh, and then it will just get more clear and more clear and more clear. Um, so no, I love that. I love that you shared that. Um, one of the, so when it comes to relationships, right? Um, I feel that it's the same thing, right? We come from, you know, traumatic experiences, you know, mom and dad might not have had, especially if we come from a dysfunctional family. So then we have just all these limiting beliefs, these abandonment issues, all these things. And then we come into our life, you know, in our adult lives, and we, you know, end up getting in relationships in and out, in and out. 
And I think it kind of same thing. There's just these limiting beliefs, which, you know, makes us feel like we're not good enough. And then we end up settling for these partners that is not actually as uh, it's not fulfilling. It's not, it just doesn't go anywhere. Right. Uh, how do you feel like uh, from your experience, like limiting beliefs play out in relationships? Yeah. I mean, you think you, you really just nailed it. They, they're, they're inter they're, they're influencing everything in our reality. You know, it is how we, it is the fabric of our reality, our belief systems. And yeah, certainly, you know, what we've experienced in our early childhood does show up in our relationships. No matter, I think sometimes no matter how unserving the relationship is or how healthy it is, you know, anytime that pretty much most of the time that if my partner and I get into some sort of argument or disagreement, mm. if we really look at it and get really honest, it's not about what's actually happening in this moment. It's about, we can look back and say, oh, this is reminding me of when this thing happened, yeah. in my past, you know, mm. and the way that that has played out in relationships up until this point. So sometimes it does take a really healthy relationship and bond to be able to hold space for the processing and the releasing of those outdated traumas to move through. But I think that does take, you know, conscious, intentional individuals coming together mm -hmm. as far as, you know, making choices based on, you know, being in relationships that aren't serving us, you mm -hmm. know, and, and again, like relationships tend to be in this, this portal through which we try to heal our past. Mm -hmm. We, it, because it's like it's unfinished and so yeah. if we're not again taking the responsibility to do that through, for ourselves and and really humbling ourselves through the process of the relationship but then also knowing like what is the are we sacrificing our joy our well-being our livelihood based on fear based on the fear most commonly that i will end up alone mm. and what we sacrifice based on that for fear and what that core fear is so interestingly will lead us to what moments of actual loneliness mm. lead us. It's the direct portal to self-love, yeah. but so often, and we just, we just get stuck in that about what we are making loneliness mean. Mm. And again, here comes the meaning because loneliness does not mean I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable, but all of those things, mm. that's where we get to say, no, like I love moments <laughs> where I'm alone mm -hmm. and how can I cherish those moments when I'm alone? Mm -hmm. And when you actually come into those deeply like vulnerable spaces and you realize, oh, this is what I've been looking for all along. Mm -hmm. That's, that's like the, that's the portal of magnetism and, and creation and all these things where you no longer have to like pull from the outside to fill these voids. You are fully in the void and fully, you know, you're safe in the void and you you're cultivating that connection with yourself. And then you are able to exercise discernment when you go out into your reality and you know what is in alignment. And here comes in that intuition piece what is in alignment with this frequency that I am cultivating from within. What is my yes? And what is my no? Mm. If a person comes in and you know it's a no, but you're saying yes to it because of fear, because of lack, it's going to combust. Yeah, Just like yeah. if you're building your business from that place, 
Mm-hmm. It's not going to be fulfilling. It's going to eventually crumble. It's not going to be sustainable. So it's having that level of faith mm. and trust in yourself and reality at large that by saying no is only going to lead you to a greater yes. Mm. That takes trust, but that's again where the inner work comes in. Yes, no, I love that. And it sounds like what you were saying pretty much like what I was also taking away is that the importance of, you know, like loneliness is, you know, that feeling is actually a time for yourself to love yourself. Um, you know, the a lot of times the validation and the compliments and the things that we're seeking from external world, we can actually give that to ourselves, you know, uh, it's most of the times it's our inner child, like, you know, just wanting to just have a conversation with you, right with your own self. And much what I took away from that last part you were mentioning is how important it is to spend if that time that you do have with yourself, spending with yourself, learning about yourself, you know, learning to love yourself, because the more you do love yourself, the more you are able to have those boundaries off, you know, boundaries. And then first of all, when something comes along, that is a no, you're not going to settle for it. You're not going to fall for it because you have taken that time to heal and, you know, take care of those parts of yourself and love yourself and respect yourself. So when the yes comes, then you're just, you're, you're, you're ready for that as well. Because a lot of us actually that haven't experienced healthy love or healthy relationship can usually be triggered uh, or find it boring when we do experience a healthy love, right? When we do find a healthy relationship. And that's why I think it's also so important to do this work and love yourself, heal yourself, all these things, uh, at least get close to it because then you can actually be able to spot those feelings. And that's also another thing of being good with your intuition, right? Where you're able to feel when, you know, a, a healthy relationship, it might feel boring or it might feel triggering, but you're able to talk from your intuition that this is, you know, this is the right thing. This is, and you know, it's not your anxiety and everything like shooting and like, no, this person is not good and all that stuff. You're able to tell by just being in tune with your intuition, all these things, right? So yeah, I yeah, know that's amazing. I think it's Great so- point. And I have to be like, oh, that could be a whole nother podcast episode because that's certainly been a part of my journey. And I found that shadow work is one of the greater, the greater tools with that. Because even if, I mean, there's been numerous times in my life where my intuition was like, this is the good choice. And yeah. there, I was like, no, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take, I'll take this one for like the fun or for the story, but always yeah. ends up crashing and burning and you end up suffering. But it, but yeah, that is, that is certainly a, a pattern that we go through where we don't want to fundamentally choose good because we believe that it's going to be boring, but really it's our, it's our shadow playing out. But mm because good, as we've come to realize, you can sit in meditation for 10 days and not do anything and be connected to source and love. And mm-hmm. that's far from boring. Yeah. You exactly. know, it, it, <laughs> so it's, it's, again, it's recoding um, the things that we've been convincing ourselves are true. Mm-hmm. No, that's amazing. I love, yeah, I love this conversation we had. I think uh, there was so much that I even took away myself. Um, you have a wealth of knowledge with all the things that you shared and, just somebody that has actually followed their heart and followed their intuition. Uh, like just, I am very excited for everyone that gets to work with you because I feel like they definitely see great results. And lastly, I want to say also, thank you so much for jumping onto the podcast and giving us an hour of your time, because uh, like I said, it was just a beautiful conversation. Uh, please let everybody know where uh, they can find you. Uh, I will enter all your information in the detail section of the podcast 
That way, if they want to work with you, reach out to you, follow you, uh, they have no problem doing that. Sure, absolutely. So my website is a great place, which is kamaengland.com, K-A-Y-M-A-E-N-G-L-U-N-D.com. And on social media, Instagram is where I am primarily, and that is my name, K-A-Y-M-A dot, my last name, E-N-G-L-U-N-D. Okay. So it was such a gift. Thank you for having me. This is a really potent and beautiful conversation. And I just hope that it that it ripples out and is of service to your community. Awesome. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Like I said, it was a pleasure of mine to uh, get to talk to you, have this conversation. I'm excited. I'm sure everyone that's listening to it is going to take a lot away from it. Uh, and just as I finish off the podcast, I like to set up some intentions for anyone that's listening. Uh, my intentions are truly for anyone that listens to this podcast to hopefully take something away from it and start to implement it in your day-to-day life. Uh, my intentions are that you learn something from this podcast and also just learn the importance of following your heart, following your intuition. Uh, my intentions are for you to realize that this life that we have is not about doing, doing, doing all the time. Uh, sometimes we have to take the time to just be with our emotions, with our thoughts, with ourselves, and you know, get into our body and truly just pay attention. Uh, my intentions are for you to truly do more of that and, you know, do more journaling and truly discover not who you think you are, but who you really are. And lastly, you know, I'm excited. And until next time, stay in aware alpha.